Hi, I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. We're board-certified plastic surgeons and hosts of the podcast Forever Young. Join us every Tuesday as we share the latest products and procedures in the never-ending quest to help our patients look and feel their very best. The world of cosmetic surgery is constantly improving. Join us on the cutting edge. Forever Young is available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello again, and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. This podcast is part two of a presentation Lori made to couples in Raleigh, North Carolina. That's female low libido, male low libido. My number one podcast. First thing I want to check, if a guy says to me, I don't have much desire, I send him straight to the urologist. In fact, I no longer let him come to the first session without a ticket. And the ticket is the lab results from his testosterone check. So I want him to have testosterone checked and something called his estradiol because Sometimes what happens in men who have low testosterone is things get confused inside and he doesn't need testosterone, he needs his pituitary gland tapped. And so there's a new drug that they use, it's Clomid. I don't know if you women remember Clomid as a fertility drug, but Clomid signified the ovaries to produce eggs. It also signifies the testes to produce testosterone. So t sometimes using that instead of testosterone raises his testosterone, and that's the more appropriate drug. And we let the urologist work it out, but it's something that I know what I want him to get tested. And sometimes he doesn't do what I say, which is go to a urologist. He'll go to his primary care physician, and then I have to be more explicit about the, what needs to be written on the ticket to get him to see me. Because I know with a man, if he has low testosterone, for whatever reason, it's a waste of all our time and money to work on low libido unless there's a specific reason. Like, okay, he has some sort of cancer. He can't take testosterone. Okay, then I'll help him work on the low libido. Um, sublimation. You know, a lot of guys tell me, you know, I put it all into work. That's my baby. That's my mistress. You know, I have put all my energy, all my sexual energy into my work. That's where I get the most excitement in life. It's, it's something I can control. If I do well, it's under my bailiwick. I can control how much I get out of it. Whereas with my partner, I can't control that. They might not be in the right mood. So no matter how hard I work at it, it could be a frustrating experience. So they would rather get intensity in life over something that they believe is under their control. Uh, sometimes men, because they have difficulty with intimacy in the marriage, they become sexually autonomous. Um, so they use pornography, they use masturbation, and they would rather do that than partnered sex. Sometimes they're really frustrated, you know, really frustrated over partnered sex. And it's like, it, you know, I've done everything I can do, my partner doesn't want it, and I'm literally going to take my desire into my own hands. It is safer. Because feeling vulnerability over desire with another is just is too much for them. So they say, I'm going to close off that avenue. I am just going to take care of this myself. Now, technically, they don't have low desire, right? Technically, they have plenty of desire, 
but they don't have good partner desire. They cut that off. They might have at one time, but they've decided the risk is no longer worth it. Another reason that men seem to have low desire is because of anxiety over certain things. So in older men, one thing that happens when you hit about 50 is your erections often are not quite as strong. And that's kind of normal for a variety of reasons. The big reason is weight and belly weight. And it, is, it takes a tiny little bit of belly weight to mess up an erection. So if that isn't motivation, <laughs> I don't know what is. And I wish doctors were kind of screaming about that because poor erections is the first sign of heart disease because the cholesterol kind of clogs up the capillaries. And so you want to be careful with that. But also men stop, they don't have low desire, they have low initiation because they get so anxious about their performance. It's not going to be like it was, um, I'm going to need Viagra first. All these things start to play with their brain. And so they don't initiate as much as they think about it because they're so worried about what is my partner going to think. And we know sometimes women misinterpret that. The way we help each other is talking and communication, saying it's not you. Things are just, the plumbing just doesn't work as much as, it, you know, as well as it used to. I need more stimulation now. Every man by 50 needs more stimulation. You know, the powerful erection from afar usually doesn't happen at 50 anymore. It might, but not sort of at will. <laughs> it's not quite as reliable. And that's okay. I mean, it doesn't mean sex is over. Actually, sex can be great in our 50s. It can be better. But unfortunately, sometimes his withdrawal from initiation, because he's feeling anxious about his performance, coincides with her anxiety about her aging. Oh my gosh, I've gained some weight. Maybe he's not attracted to me anymore. I've gotten some wrinkles and he's, he's not coming on to me as much. What is this about? And those anxieties dovetail into each other and sex gets reduced. In younger men, there can be a lot of anxiety about premature ejaculation. We're going to talk about that, about what causes that. It could be because his caveman is outvoted. You know, maybe in some ways he does have good sexual fantasy and desire, but he, ha he doesn't know what to do with it and how to use it in a relationship. So that could be another reason that desire, he appears to have low desire. He outvotes himself. Okay, ED. ED is like the most common male dysfunction out there. About 20 to 25% of all males suffer with it. I mean, porn makes it look like men should last 20 minutes. The average male, you know, sort of from erection to climax, his thrusting lasts about 7.3 minutes. That's average. Um, so some men are judging themselves, saying, I come too quickly, when actually they don't at all. They're measuring themselves against a crazy standard. Most women could not take 20 minutes of intercourse, don't want 20 minutes of intercourse. It would hurt them. It would hurt their tissues. They really don't want it. And I wish I could get that through men's heads because they, they don't believe me. They, they see it. They think that that's the super guy. It's not. So in part, premature ejaculation, again, for some women, the big deal is no big deal. Because guess what? They don't climax with intercourse, so they don't care. They don't care how long it takes. They don't care. They really don't care. 
And, and the men are, what they care about is that when a man has premature ejaculation, he often withdraws in the moment, feeling humiliated, gets out of bed, leaves her without an orgasm or without a loving experience because he feels so bad about it. She's like, what's the big deal? Okay, so you came too quickly. No, I mean, came too quickly for you. It's fine with me. Okay, now finish me, you know? And, and that would be fine. But I think it's what, it's so twisted up in his head, as I talked about, men are so invested in their guy, you know, that they um, just can't see straight when it doesn't work the way they want it to work. By and large, women don't care about it. And if they do climax with intercourse and do want you to last longer, here's the good news. It can be fixed in about two to six months. And it's just a, basically a course of training your body ejaculatory control. So usually with masturbation, most men I've ever talked to just do just fine with masturbation. They last as long as they want. It's with partner sex. And one of the things you could say is, honey, you were just so sexy, I just, I just blew. You know, like making her feel good instead of making her feel bad would go a long way towards cementing the relationship. But then moving from her touching him, her giving him oral sex, going intravaginally and just resting and then thrusting, sort of if you think you're going to lose control at a six, try to stay under a four. Go to that four, stop, go to that four, stop, go to that four, let yourself go up. Learning that, that, that's as easy, I mean, that is it. Right there, that cures premature ejaculation. It also, by the way, cures a temper. So if you know you're gonna lose your mind at a six, only let yourself get angry at a four and make your feet move you out of the room and put a door between you and your family. If you will do that for a year, you can cure your temper. So basically, if you know you're gonna blow your stack, at a certain level, go two numbers underneath that and move. If you can't shut your mouth, move your feet. Get behind a door, get out of the house so that you don't do the damage that hurts your family. So hey everybody, we have a favor to ask of you and we want to know you better. We'd love to know a little bit about who's listening, where you come from, what age you are, what gender you are. And so we have a link in the show notes, which is on foreplayrst.com. In the show notes, we're going to give you just a micro quiz, just a few questions. If you would answer that for us, it would be so helpful for us to get a better direction about who we're speaking to. And we know that not all of you will do this, but if you would, foreplayrst.com is where you go in the show notes, link there, and just Tell us a little bit about you. We would greatly appreciate that kind of feedback. And we're so thankful for each one of you. This will give us a way just to continue to make the podcast better, to address some topics that you really want to address. Please do that for us. We'd be so grateful that you did that. Hey, everybody. We are excited to tell you about our first ever marriage retreat coming up in the spring, and we want you to be a part of it. This retreat is going to be a great way to get you started toward achieving your relationship goals, toward reconnecting you emotionally, while also just restarting your sex life or deepening your sex life as well. It is called Love and Sex 360, April 5th through the 7th in Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, so if you haven't been to Asheville, there's ways that you can fly in close to us, or if you live locally, 
we would invite you to drive in. There's limited number of spots. I think we only have like room for 12. 10, 12. 10 12. Okay. Yeah. So we need you to sign up early and there's a link. Can you give the link? Yeah. It's loveandsex360.com. Loveandsex360.com. And you're going to actually have not only lecture and time away together, but there's packages that are offered, luxury packages where we're going to arrange things like massages and champagne in your room or adventure packages where we'll direct you to different things that you can do. The cool thing is, is though you are going to have actual one-on-one time with a counselor. So Adam and I are going to be counseling. Every couple will get six hours of one-on-one counseling time. And we have two of our respected colleagues who are fabulous, Shelly Hummel and Carol Cullins. They are specially trained in Gottman and in EFT. They're fabulous. We respect their work. They will also be part of it, doing some of the teaching and some of the counseling. So please come and join us. It's in a beautiful hotel and we're going to have fun. We're going to teach some important things and actually be with you personally. Again, sign up early. There's also an early bird discount that'll get you $500 off and you can sign up on the website. Again, that website is loveandsex360.com. We look forward to seeing you in the spring. Okay, pain problems. We've talked about this a little bit, that dryness is the big one for women. Men actually have pain problems too, and that's a whole other story. If you have pain problems and you're a man, it's rarer, but there's usually good fixes. Use a lubricant for sure. Make sure that you're pretty aroused before you have sex. And if you have a frequency discrepancy, your partner wants more sex than you do, don't just say, oh, let's do it. You know, make sure that it is a night that you can get aroused so that you don't replicate the pain problem because pain, unfortunately, begets more pain. Another big problem is frequency discrepancies. So I think the low libido partner should plan for sex, not putting it on the calendar, but planning in their own mind. Same thing with a man. If he's the low libido partner, he needs to set time aside and plan to make her happy. I have a guy who says, who's low libido, and he denies any use of porn. He does sublimate a lot of his energy into work, and he's like, you know, there's a lot of things wrong in this relationship that make me not want to have sex with her. She's a beautiful, lovely person and woman, and I think that he's avoidant a great deal and, and very anxious about it. But she's very upset because they haven't had sex in a year and a quarter. He's like, well, you know, part of that time you were nursing and you were postpartum. And she's like, three months of that time I was nursing and postpartum and I still would have had sex. Yeah, but you know, I had a cold last week. Yeah, but it's been nine, you know, nine months you didn't have a cold. You know, he offers every excuse that often accompanies a woman's excuse. And so I've been talking to him. I'm like, just do it. He's like, what if I don't want to do it and I can't get an erection? I'm like, give her an orgasm. You know, you don't need an, an erection to give her an orgasm. You can use your hands. You can give her oral sex. You know, she can have an orgasm. She will be happy and much nicer. I guarantee it. You know, she's starving. Okay, and what do you do if you have a frequency discrepancy and you need to say no? One, learn how to offer a rain check. And this is how you offer a rain check. You say, I am not interested right now. I really am too tired, too sick, too whatever. It's not my day. But how about if we have a rain check for Saturday morning? OK, 
Okay, Saturday morning comes around, guess who has to remember? The person who offered the rain check. If you offer a rain check and you forget, first of all, in my mind, that's like a capital sin, but if you forget, you have presented as unreliable as a partner because you have forgotten the very important thing. Because if it's Thursday night and you said, how about Saturday morning, your partner is checking off the days. Okay, when are we going to get to Saturday? Oh boy, Saturday morning. And then you get up and go to yoga. It's like, no way. I mean, that is so hurtful and so painful because in their mind, you've made a promise. And to me, a promise is in blood in our marriages until we renegotiate. If I say, I will do this, then I do it come hell or high water. I will be on time, period. You know, I will, I will be on time to your mother's dinner, okay? And now there's a terrible accident and you're on the highway and you can't make it. But you truly left an hour and a half early. Okay, that probably requires a phone call and a renegotiation. But if you promised your wife that you'd be home for her mother's dinner and somehow or another, you know, your boss wanted to talk to you and you were late getting out the office anyway, that's a broken promise. Same sort of thing sexually, any other way, any other promise we make, it has to be made in stone because that increases reliability and our sense of confidence in our partner's love and care for us. Okay, ED, what happens? Why does it happen? I mean, first of all, it actually happens to about 50% of all men at some time or another. The big thing is the freak out. You know, when it first happens to a man, like when, when they're young, they look at a beautiful woman and they get hard, boom. They look at porn, they get hard, boom. And when they start looking at those things and they don't get hard, it's like total body betrayal. And I think as women, because we can have orgasms and get there so much more um, consistently over time. That's the good thing about being a woman is our orgasms last cradle to grave. I mean, it's a good thing. But for a man, his erections don't last that long necessarily. And it's a big shocker. And as it turns out, the anxiety about it having happened feeds the fact that it might happen again. So 50% of all men have it happen. The big thing is if you can kind of talk yourself down from the freak out, that would be good. Um, why does it happen? Heart disease, one big problem. Valve problems, as, as we age, the valves that keep the blood flow in the penis get loose and blood regurgitates back into the body and makes a less firm erection or he can lose an erection altogether. The good thing is, is Viagra fixes both problems. For most men, Viagra really works, which you can imagine, I started practicing 27 years ago and that was right on the advent of Viagra. So it revolutionized male sexuality because for many men, sex was over at 50. You know, most men, they were beginning to feel sex was over at 50, the sex as they knew it. Actually, men can have orgasms without erections. They can have orgasms without ejaculation. Prostate cancer survivors have to adapt and learn to have an orgasm without both, sometimes. And they can have immense pleasure still, even though it's different. But medication has come to the aid of men, and it solves most of these problems. And I think that that you know, is 
should be used. I think men play games with themselves, though. They say, well, I shouldn't need it tonight. You know, if we go a long time and you know, I get her really going, I shouldn't need it. And then they don't take it. And then their erection doesn't work. And then they feel that same sort of humiliation. They get out of bed angry. All of that cycle starts. So take the pill. You know, if you need it, just take it. It's no big deal. If it's psychogenic, if you're having erectile problems because you know, you're anxious, Viagra will cure that too. And then over time, maybe you won't need it. But if you're getting toward 50, you might need it more often. And there might be a night that you don't, and whoopee, that's good. I think in some ways, flexibility is sex insurance. The more flexible we are with how we get there, and what pattern it looks like, and what we need, the more readily we will get there all our lives. This has been part two of Lori's presentation to couples on fantasy and relationships. Thanks for listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. You can now call in your questions to the Foreplay Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833, the number four, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.